0: Hello everyone, this is Michael from Troll Expeditions and uh, today I'm having uh, with me Ronan. And Ronan is our dive master, is our uh, manager of the snorkeling department. And I would like to introduce him to you. He's a super interesting person and I uh, feel like uh, he's got a very interesting story to tell. So uh, let me hear from you first. Where are you
1: from Ronan? I'm from France actually. Bonjour uh, everybody. Which part of France? The south of France, seaside, Nice. What is your uh, favorite French food? Tell me that. Ah. The saucisson and baguette. Oh, so, of course. Are you talking
0: about the, uh, you know, the well-dried uh, Yes, sausage? the pork yeah, yes. Of course. I love them too, by the yeah. way. It's they're amazing, you <laughs> Good know. Good taste. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And baguette is, is great. Yes. Okay. And um, I know that uh, you're an avid diver yourself. So uh, I would like to hear from you. How did you actually
1: start on this career? How did you get a, a, to be a diver? So I actually joined the French Navy some time ago uh, in 2006. And so I was just like a Navy trainee, had no specialization. And I, I had my first post in New Caledonia. So it's like one of the uh, French islands in the Pacific. And I uh, actually discovered diving there wow. uh, with the Navy. So beautiful waters, mm-hmm. uh, nice fish. And so I just started diving for, for fun as a uh, activity on the side, out of the Navy. And then I basically discovered that you could do it as a job in the Navy. So I just then did the internal training and become a, a rescue diver in the French Navy.
0: Oh, the, that's fantastic. Can you tell me something about what sort of fish did you, did you see manta rays and sharks?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. New Caledonia, there is yeah, all the beautiful, uh, big things you can uh, expect in tropical waters, so sharks, manta rays, dolphins. Wow. Yes, sounds beautiful. exciting.
0: Sounds like impervious place to start diving. Actually, yes, right? Yes, yeah, I start. I personally started diving in Iceland, and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not any worse for it, to be honest. Uh, but I always, I'm always longing, as many northern divers, uh, after the the warm seas and the warm, beautiful creatures out there, because we don't have too many over here, of course. Uh, but we do have like a amazing underwater dimension right there or you take people for snorkeling. Uh, but let me continue um, finding out about, about yourself. So, I think you've been uh, saying that you've been a rescue diver at some point uh, for a French army. How
1: did that go? Very well. You know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interesting job, very intense. Allows me to actually do a lot of uh, like uh, missions because when you're a diver, you are posted on the warships, not uh, in office online. So yeah, it's just a lot of years uh, sailing all around the world and yeah, so diving all around the world uh, using this opportunity to dive to every every stop we made on the way. So very interesting, yes. Uh, would you care to uh, tell me if, if you have rescued anyone during those days? a few times? Yeah, a few times. Uh, yeah mostly fishermen. Usually when we like patrol uh, around or sail between destinations, we can get like rescue call uh, from ships in trouble, sinking, this kind of thing. So it happened a few times that we had to rescue local uh, fishermen in small boat who had uh, capsized capsize mm-hmm. in the water during storms or something like that. Yeah.
0: And they were under, trapped under the boat that capsized or what? Uh,
1: yeah. One time someone was like stuck inside. Mm-hmm. So we had to, yes, like go in the water to get inside the boat. And then we we had a bit, uh, we broke some tools to break, uh, break break, us out with him out of the, the boat and uh, rescue him.
0: You probably, I didn't do my research, but you probably heard of this amazing uh, rescue uh, operation that was done somewhere, of course, Nigeria, when there was a guy trapped in a boat that actually sank to the bottom of the sea and they recovered him, the rescue okay, divers. No, I don't know about that you story. It? It's, but, uh, I think it's one of the most famous in the... And the history of uh, rescue diving, but okay. uh, that was pretty rad. And he, I think he survived there inside the boat with a limited amount of air for three days. Wow. Before yeah. they picked him up from the, actually the bottom of the bay. So that was pretty rad. That's a survivor. Yeah.
1: And uh, tell me, was it difficult to be a rescue diver in the army? In yeah, the sure. Navy? We have, um, you have the military life that go with uh, the job. So it's intense. It's a... Uh, very uh, yeah it's a difficult living condition you have to do some uh, other things you not only dive you you part of all the crew of the ship, so you do all kinds of other tasks and missions so yeah, it's it's not always fun but it's at least a very interesting uh, experience for life for sure. it's challenging and uh, there's a variety too isn't it yes yeah and
0: then uh, from what I recovered as you have become a commercial diver
1: yes uh, what does that actually mean for folks at home what is who is a commercial diver so when I quit the Navy, I wanted to stay working in the water, because I love that. And yeah, commercial diving it's basically a construction worker underwater, but everything you have to do underwater is way more difficult. So we you have to build concrete blocks, you have to weld the metal part together, you have to make holes, cut things. But on land, it's very easy, you have tools, you do it. In the water, it's way more complicated. That's why you have a special training for diving and then a special training to actually do all these actions uh, in the water. So it's a specialized construction worker. Yeah, is it difficult? It is. It's very intense, very physical, because any uh, simple action that you, you can do on land in out of the air becomes very difficult, uh, complicated, and usually very hard uh, physical to do underwater. So, yeah, it's it's, strange, uh, right? mm-hmm. in the water. So it's extremely challenging and yeah.
0: And uh, I reckon
1: that it's uh, the low visibility is also a bit of a problem down there, huh? You spend ninety five percent of your time working in the dark. So you you could you actually when you uh, train uh, commercial diving, uh, some of the training is done actually uh, eyes closed, like they uh, blind your eyes and you have to do all the action, cutting, uh, drilling uh, eyes closed, because when you go in the water, usually you go in very uh, shallow uh, ports where there is a lot of. uh, silt and algae, so visibility is like really zero. So you learn to do everything by touch and basically blind. So it's uh, very challenging.
0: And uh, then at some point of your life, you decided to relocate to Iceland. And uh, tell me, please, what did you know about Iceland before that has happened? Uh, Not much.
1: (laughs) I think like a lot of people coming in a country before, I I guess. Uh, Yeah, Just like, you know, I heard about Iceland first um, when the uh, volcano went off in 2010. Uh, I was actually stuck in Thailand because of this. So I remember that. And so I didn't know much and I took a job. I took actually a summer job to come to work in Iceland, to do the snorkeling guide as a summer job. I didn't plan to relocate, to stay here first. But after the six months here, I had so much fun and the country was so amazing that I decided to stay a bit more. Try at least one winter because again I'm from, from the south of France. I never had a cold winter in my life before, so it was a, the also a big challenge for me. But yeah, then uh, I realized I actually really love living there, and I I'm still here after four years.
0: Right, and I'm very glad that you are still here, and then I'm uh, I'm able to talk to you about it. It's uh, very interesting. And uh, tell me about how did you feel in the first place uh, about snorkeling and, you know, diving in cold water? I mean, that's uh, what Iceland is known for. Some hot springs,
1: of course, but majority of the water is cold coming yeah. from under the glaciers. So tell me about that. I think I had the same uh, impression as everybody going snorkeling in for the first time. Damn, it's cold. <laughs> but yeah, actually it's not. It's uh, just the first impression. All the gear we use to go snorkeling, I used it also the first time. It's a very protective gear all over your body. So you, you expect the cold and then you realize mm-hmm. after like one minute in water that you're not going to be cold. So yeah, that's the same feeling I had also. I have to say
0: that uh, the technology that allowed us to do that is pretty incredible. Because back in the days, you know, let's say somewhere in the in the 20th century, uh, it was not an option to do that, or maybe you know, very limited option to do yeah. that. And uh, now, just literally anyone can uh, don a, a dry suit and mm-hmm. uh, overalls, and they're going to stay dry inside the water, yes, right? exactly.
1: And completely warm. That's yeah. also that's a why we tool. use like dry suits. Make sure that there's no. Cold water coming in, and we have these very big under suits, like a warm pajama. We use to keep you warm, and then we have accessory glove hoods uh, to keep everything protected. So. That sounds very cozy.
0: So, since we're already talking about it, I uh, would like to ask you a silly question.
1: Uh, but what is actually snorkeling? So the name snorkeling from from uh, come from the you the tool we use to breathe underwater. It's a snorkel. It's a pipe. Uh, that goes, half goes in your mouth, the other half is out in the air and you are breathing uh, air like this. So you face in the water. So it's a snorkel. So the activity is called snorkeling. Yeah. So we just float on the water, look in water through the glass of the mask and breathe with this snorkel. That's it.
0: That's fantastic. And uh, tell me, basically, what you just said is that lets you float on top of the, on the surface of water and breathe the air. Uh, Above you, while still looking underwater, yeah? So you can actually look and see the shapes under under, uh, the surface,
1: yeah? Yes, you can see everything. And because we use dry suit here, it's even easier because the dry suit are full of air that keeps you warm, that makes you float. So it's like a huge life jacket around you. Uh, It's even impossible to sink, even if you try. So you're just floating, relaxing, swimming very slowly and enjoying the beautiful, uh, amazing view. In Sifra.
0: I have to say, because uh, there is definitely a bunch of people that have been snorkeling in other parts of the world. And uh, it's usually where they do it, whether it's warm in Thailand or maybe, you know, Croatia. I know uh, that some people did it that I know. And um, yeah, the sea is, is rather warm there. But uh, what I think, you know, what's really the difference in Iceland when you're going snorkeling is that... That dry suit and that actually is uh, impossible, like you said, to drown and to sink at all. You just keep on floating because it's so full of air. It's like a balloon, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. We all look like very funny balloons (laughs) when we float in the water. It's quite fun the the first time, but yeah, it's very safe uh, and keeps you really nice uh, and warm. Yeah, so even in winter, because we do the tours also in winter uh, with uh, actually. Colder temperature outside in the air than in the water, and it still protects very well. Yeah.
0: So basically, the weather uh, really does not affect the activity. So you can do it in the winter, any time of the year, really. Yes. Right?
1: Yes. It's uh, all, we run the tour all year round, really.
0: That's uh, very interesting. I don't think uh, anyone would, you know, think that this would be the case. Yeah. Sometimes uh, myself, when I'm uh, guiding, I have the questions like that. Oh, can you, or can you go on a glacier in the winter? Or like, does it disappear in the summer? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes yeah. like, you don't go, you're not going into the water in the winter, right? Because it's, it's got to be cold. Yes,
1: it's rather yeah. the same temperature though, isn't it? Yeah, the water is always three degrees mm-hmm. Celsius. or so 37 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Yeah, but uh, I'm got to say, because uh, I've done it uh, many times that, yes, uh, we do stay dry. In the dry suits, like inside, and of course we stay warm as well. So truly, it is a remarkable experience to to be doing that. Whether you're doing it in the summer or in the winter,
1: the underwater world does not change that much, does it? Uh, there is one only change between winter and uh, summer in the water. It's the algae. There is some uh, algae growing in summer. Uh, they are growing from uh, May, uh, and they're gonna make like long green that We call them the troll hair. It's a uh, they're very beautiful in the water. And then when winter comes there's not enough light uh, in Iceland, the days are very short and they just die out slowly and in winter, so there is no more of these algaes. But it's all still nice because it's just two different colors. In winter, without the algaes, you can now you have the, the rock are a very a clean. So you have a, a almost a different experience in winter and summertime. It's really nice.
0: And I notice as well in the winter time when the banks of uh, of uh, of the crack that we dive in, uh, they get all frozen up. Yes. And there's like plenty of icicles, Ilexical, and it's just so yeah. exciting it's and very
1: beautiful. beautiful. The outside world is extremely also different summer and winter and I actually I actually prefer the winter uh, for that because yeah, like uh, swimming in the water, you have this beautiful blue landscape and rocks and then you look out of the water and you have all the white of the snow and the icicles on the side. It's amazing. It's like two world in one. Really amazing.
0: That's uh, I agree with you. and uh, But uh, also, I would like to hear, where do we exactly snorkel? Because that's, uh, I think, uh, the main actor of the whole activity is not rather us, but the spectacle of nature uh, that's in front of us or rather below us.
1: So where do we snorkel? What's the snorkeling spot that uh, we so take people to? We snorkel in uh, Silfra. It's a very uh, long and large uh, fissure situated in the national park of Thingvellir. So it's uh, it's the oldest national park of Iceland for another reason, because you have the old Viking parliament there. But luckily, there is also this beautiful fish of Silfra very close to it. And that's where we go snorkeling. So it's a fissure uh, between two continents because uh, Iceland, uh, the big country of Iceland, is actually on two different tectonic plates: the North American one and the Eurasian one. And Silfra is a, a huge fissure uh, between these two continents. So when you swim in Silfra, you're going to be swimming between two tectonic plates. It's quite cool.
0: It is quite cool, and uh, I, I think it's uh, one of the biggest uh, selling points uh, of, of really snorkeling in Iceland. To be honest, uh, snorkeling between the continents and uh, geologically, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the case. Uh, but um,
1: yeah, I have to say, little funny part, we actually have usually a lot of uh, geologists coming to uh, Iceland, and uh, it's their dream to swim between the two continents. So it's very funny to sometimes have uh, people coming here. They say, "Yeah, oh, I'm a geologist. I'm super excited. it's my dream to come here." So it's uh, it's very popular.
0: I have another question about the clarity of water, because this is something that uh, even people around the world, the divers especially, for example, whether they come to snorkel uh, or dive in Silvra in Iceland, they always talk about it, that this is actually something interesting uh, on a world scale, right? Yes. Tell me about it.
1: It's considered to be the purest, uh, clearer water in the world. So it's water from the glacier, from the melting glacier. This water uh, from Silfra is from uh, the glacier Långyokötl it's about um, 100 kilometers ish uh, from Silfra and uh, this water melts from the glacier and goes underground and it takes about 40 to 50 years to get uh, from the glacier uh, underground to the uh, the spring of Silfra so it's filtered through the lava rocks so it's a very porous rock for this time so it's filtered even more this water was already quite pure at the beginning so when it goes out and flows in Silfra it's totally pure. So the visibility is amazing. On the best days with uh, the sun, we have between 80 to 100 meters visibility. So it's about 250 feet. Yeah, it's pretty amazing.
0: Wow. Uh, I have another question to you, a little bit silly. So snorkeling, it's not diving, right?
1: Yeah. So snorkeling is really staying on the surface. Uh, You just float and use this mask and snorkel to look down in water, but you are not going down. You just float on the surface and look down. Diving is using way more equipment and you need a certification to do that. So it's it's different from snorkeling. So it's
0: basically like an entry thing, entry level thing? Yeah, it's
1: very easy and uh, almost Anybody can do snorkeling.
0: Fantastic. So, uh, that, uh, we can segue to uh, next question. So actually who can go snorkeling? Can
1: anyone go snorkeling? And what are the requirements that we have for that? So basically almost anybody can go snorkeling. There is very few limitation. First, we have the age, the youngest we, c- we can take is 12 years old. It's mainly because of the size of the suit. So we don't have suits that fits children under 12 years old. We have suits suit of a lot of different sizes, but we have to make sure you fit in one of the suits. So we have a few limitations in height uh, and weight. And then the last limitation, there is a few medical requirements that we have to check uh, before you can go snorkeling because the conditions are a bit special. Mm-hmm. So it's also all these inf- information are available on our website.
0: On our website. And I think that actually the medical form... It's on the website. Yes, I think medical you form can fill
1: is, a, up there. is like mandatory to read and fill in this uh, medical form before the snorkeling, and all the specific information are there. So it's very important to read it before going on a tour.
0: And if I remember, if you don't have any serious underlying conditions, uh, it's rather easy and uh, you will be just accepted. Uh, yeah, just like yeah, it's very
1: was. easy. You don't need to be a strong swimmer, just like simple swimming experience is enough. We just need you to be comfortable going in the water and swimming slowly. It's very easy to wear.
0: Absolutely. So uh, we talked about some of the equipment that we have when we're going snorkeling. Uh, we talked about dry suits, about the, the pajamas, right? The cozy mm-hmm. stuff that you, we put underneath to get warm and uh, and the snorkel. So, you know, like basically why is it called snorkeling? But we can also have, uh, we, we do have also other types of equipment that we uh, wear.
1: And uh, let me hear about that. What do we... So we have uh, obviously a mask. That's what we use to look uh, in the water. And we have the snorkel. We have the dry suit to keep us warm, and we have also to protect our extremities, the head and the hands. And we have so gloves and hoods that will cover your uh, face, cover your head and your hands. So they also keep you uh, warm. So the only part actually of your body who touch the water is your lips. And then what happens when uh, those lips touch cold water? So that's uh, yeah, that's uh, what we call the the Viking part. You have to stay strong for a few minutes because this this cold water will be a bit intense on your lips. But the good side of it is this call actually makes your lips quite big and puffy. So it's quite funny to see the people at the end of the tour. Everybody has huge puffy lips. We all look like uh, Kim Kardashian with a nice uh, puffy lips. It's uh, quite funny pictures uh, we take at the end of the tour of the uh, customers. Because we agree. actually give uh, free pictures on the tour. Our guides have a GoPro to take pictures. So yeah, there's a lot of fun pictures to make uh, during the tour.
0: I remember when I started doing it, when I did it first time, Uh, I could really feel the biting cold on my lips but surprisingly enough uh, after spending maybe five minutes in cold water they just go numb yeah exactly they don't fall off of course I mean they go back (laughs) to normal after the snorkeling tour yes but uh, for those uh, of you that are wondering you know if it's going to be any painful no it's just like this super super strong uh, cold uh, feeling in your lips but then after five minutes they you kind of just we just adapt to it, and yes. uh, you can feel it already at all. And uh, you're the rest of your body that's uh, inside the dry suit so is keeping the rest, uh, the the lips warm but, as well. Yes. And uh, you said something about uh, pictures. I would like to hear, you know, a little recap. So basically, from what I understand, there is always a guide. That's guiding people snorkeling. Yes, it's a guided tour. Mm -hmm.
1: So you have uh, all the guides are certified scuba diving uh, instructors or dive masters. They are all trained to rescuing someone in water in any problem. And it's small groups only, only six people. So it's very, very safe. Uh, And the guide will basically guide you all the way through uh, SILFRA and uh, swim around every person, take a lot of pictures during the tour. And we just give the pictures for free at the end of the tour. Fantastic! And also a cup of hot chocolate, right? Yes, that's uh, we call it the best part of the tour—the nice hot chocolate after the tour. Wow, that's really good! Cool. I can't wait
0: for the next cup of hot chocolate, huh? <laughs> yes. And uh, one last question before we
1: finish, uh, before we wrap it up: Is snorkeling scary? What do you think? No, it's just, it's amazing. It's like flying in the water, really. The water is so transparent and the colours are so uh, bright. And this is like this bright blue that you usually find only in uh, very beautiful tropical waters. You you have it in Silfra, but even more intense. It's really magical. It's like going to another world, really. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I have to second that. That's uh, absolutely true. And uh, snorkeling isn't really scary at all. Uh, if you have... Uh, basic understanding of how to swim there's no reason not to do it literally and uh, the beauty of the underwater is just so stunning to me and uh, you know i wish that everyone would uh, would do it
1: and uh, like it's really a recommendable experience for me it's one of the top three things to do in iceland for sure
0: that's for sure yeah Absolutely. Okay, uh, so that's uh, time for us. And thank you very much, Ronon. Uh He was sure. um, with me today. He's the manager of our snorkeling department in Troll Expeditions. So if you would like to book a snorkeling tour with us, uh, please go to our website. Uh, it's troll.is, so it's T-R-O-L-L dot I-S. And you can find uh, either a snorkeling tour with meet on Location in Silfra, in the National Park of Thingvellir. Uh, where you just have to drive yourself or combined with the Golden Circle sightseeing tour. So basically you go to geyser, to uh, geyser as they call it in other places, and uh, then the Golden Waterfall, as well as a little sightseeing trip around the National Park and then go snorkeling on top of that, which is just freaking amazing, yeah,
1: right? It's an amazing day. It's one of yeah. my favorite tours.
0: Yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, so uh, I recommend uh, everyone to check it out and uh, we'll hear you next time with another one of our guests. Thank you very much, Ronald. Sure. Bye-bye. Au revoir. Bye bye. Au revoir.